Here it is. Again. One, two, three, four! I believe that the music I heard is a killer. It's a killer of hope. It's a killer of spirit. Little girl should be seen and not heard. And Devo plays for Muffy's party. Hey everybody, I'm Rob. And I'm Joseph. And welcome to part two of the best of 1979 edition of Deep Dives and Deep Cuts, the history of punk, post-punk, and new wave from 1976 to 1986. It's all come down to this. Oh my God, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the tension is killing me. <laughs> it's, yeah. We are wrapping up season three, 1979 and the 70s with this episode, kind of. Yeah. Um, it is typically our favorite episode of any given season where we reveal the top 10 albums of the year as determined by our community. Mm -hmm. So, Rob, are you ready for some thrills, some spills, some heartbreaks, and some big and not-so-big surprises? Well, I have a feeling there's going to be some heartbreaks. As far as surprises, uh, I think the biggest surprises were during our last episode when I revealed my top 10. So um, <laughs> I think everything else is going to be a piece of cake. Oh, we'll famous last words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, let's start with um, the first uh, big surprise uh, uh -huh. with our runner-up in the number 11 slot. It's an album that, Rob, you predicted would make the bottom half of the top ten, and I predicted would make the top half of the top oh, ten. Okay. So let's have a listen. Biggest surprise, I think, would have been if the specials hadn't shown up at all. So I'm really glad that they're here. Um, fantastic. I mean, the runner-up, huh? At 11. Well, I guess yeah, technically I... they didn't make our top 10 list, but we got to hear them. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought it was going to be like number four. It's, yeah, it's my. Yeah. It was number my number three. I thought for sure it would be in on the the top five. So, quite a shocker. Um, so, Rob, as you know, at the beginning of the season, you and I made our predictions. Of course, the stakes were very high. Yeah. Because the one who gets the the closest gets to pick the songs featured tonight. And guess what? Oh, tell me. I won again. Uh, of course. <laughs> however, <you did>. well. <laughs> <laughs> however, Rob, I got to tell you this. It was way closer than last year. So really? okay. I, I won by three points 
and it was um, for the last two weeks you were ahead. It wasn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was. It was crazy. And and like last year, I felt pretty good about my win because. You know, my guesses were just better. You, you really, you, you, you really just screwed the pooch when you didn't put Blondie on your yeah. on your list at all. Yeah. But this year, so close, and it you were one point ahead until the very last well, entry. I, I um, am going to say that I want. I demand a recount. <laughs> I think that the uh, voting machines are faulty, and I'm going to claim dimpled chads all the way. <laughs> well, so. wow, you are you are really revealing your age with that reference, my <laughs> yeah, friend. Yeah, I guess I am. Huh? <laughs> hey, so wait, I mean, you haven't even heard the 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 extent of like how ridiculously close this this was. So you were like one point ahead. And then one last list came in from Carolyn Ketty. Oh, Carolyn. <laughs> Ouch. And, and check this out. So uh-huh. her so the um the top half of our final top ten list, there is a fair amount of dead daylight between each of the albums, but the bottom half really tight. I'm happy to say that there were no ties this year, but the bottom half, like the difference between the specials album, the number eleven, and the number six is just like eleven points. Wow! So you were one point ahead, and then Carolyn Ketty's um, list came in, and her number one pick, which I'm not going to reveal yet, um, was kind of just below the top ten, and so her vote came in, and it kicked it up to the number nine slot so technically i won but not because of any particular like not because i was so smart or anything it's just the way that it happened so and it couldn't have happened from a better person thanks thanks carolyn i mean that's that's (laughs) i'm not feeling great about my win here so what i'm going to do is um Half half of the albums I'm gonna actually throw over to you, and you and Zach can figure out um, the pick. <laughs> All right then. Uh, with one condition. Yes. That you pick more obscure songs that we haven't featured yet. Ooh, okay. Is that an agreement? Okay. Yeah, we'll give it a shot. Sure enough. So we are um, we are doing something a little bit different for this final episode. We have a guest. Yeah, well, okay, so years and years ago, and as we've talked about on this podcast, you and I worked together at a little mom-and-pop video store. Uh, One of our biggest customers was a family, and uh, we've had, and and by the way, over the years, I have gotten really close to that family and have, in in a way, become a member of that family. Um, I love these people like they are my own flesh and blood one of which we had on the show last season, and that was Pete. Um, uh, the, the other is uh, Pete's, Pete's son, Zach, who I, I love like a brother. And I'll tell you that Zach is an enthusiast of music. Um, he's listened to the podcast. He, he and I have talked music uh, so many times. We've talked about a wire. We've talked about, oh, I can't even tell you all the bands we talked about. But 
Zach is an amazing, um, he's, he's filled with music knowledge and other brilliant, other brilliant tidbits. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I always thought it would be great to have him have him on the podcast. So it's, it's my honor to introduce everybody to my friend and uh, yours, Zach. Zach, welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So we were talking just a little bit before we hit record here. And I think the last time I saw you, you weren't even a teenager yet. <laughs> no, I, 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 I must have been eight or nine, maybe 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, it is, I, I think that, Rob, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that Zach is the uh, youngest guest. Yeah, okay. So... Zach, you are not consuming this music in real time, obviously, but you mm-hmm. um, have developed, sounds like you've developed a love for it. Is it because you grew up with it um, in the household? Was your dad listening to a lot of this punk and new wave? Um, it, was, it was a combination between both my mom and my dad. So, uh-huh. Um, with my mom, I got a lot of a grunge influence, and from my dad, I got a lot of uh, '70s hard rock influence, and I kind of met in the middle, and uh, I got a taste for um, proto punk, punk, uh, new wave, and uh, post post punk, post hardcore. Um, yeah, so I have a my folks to thank for that. Mm-hmm couple of points of business. One, I just want to remind everybody that we are talking about music. Music is art, and there is nothing more subjective than art. This is an opinion show, but even so, we do try to be mindful not to get too opinionated, because ultimately we are here to celebrate this extraordinary music that was produced during a pretty unique period of time. Although, Rob, I got to say, of all of the episodes in a given season, this is probably the less least subjective one because <laughs> even though we have a bunch of lists which are very subjective we have a consensus right yes, indeed so, yeah so i'm feeling good about that yeah um i i mean this is really what it's all been building up to all season mm-hmm. so really looking forward to hearing the top 10 i guess we're ready to to just kind of jump into it unless there's anything else rob that you th- no, I you'd think like we to should, cover yeah, i think we should do it let's go okay so we before we jump into the number 10 let's just circle back real quickly to the specials debut album we of course kicked the episode off with uh do the dog which is Excellent cover of a song uh, originally uh, written by Rufus Thomas. I don't believe I've ever heard the original, but um, this this is an album for the ages. And the fact that it did not make our final top 10 list does not bode well, I don't think, for ska moving forward as far as our audience goes. But we'll just see. Because... If this album doesn't make the top ten, I'm I I have a hard time thinking of an upcoming ska album that will. Okay, well, let's do it then. All right. The it's the big reveal. So we are starting with um, number ten. This is 
an album by uh, a favorite band of both Rob and I. And that is Candio by the Cars. Wow. Number 10? Yes. Holy smokes. Which is exactly what I uh, I predicted. Um, yeah. So that okay. helped kind of put me over the top. So, Rob, this this album showed up on both of our personal lists. Mm-hmm. Much yeah. higher for you than for me. Yep. Let's go ahead to celebrate the fact that Candio by the Cars is number 10 and the best punk or new wave albums of 1979. Uh, We will celebrate that fact with a song uh, called Lust for Kicks. He's got his own dumb waiter. She's reading one fell swoop. He gets around to it later. She fills the scoop. track on Candio to me, you know, it starts out sounding like something from the, like the late 60s, early 70s uh, with the instrumentation. But then when, when the vocals start, this is a, this is like an 80s tune for me. And, and like I was saying, I think this is the kind of stuff that sets the scene for, for what's to come as far as new wave music, uh, mm-hmm. as far as, as far as I guess pop, but, but, but new it's, to me, it does have a new wave, a new wave feel. Oh, oh, very much so. Yeah. This is this is very much a side two cut. So right, as absolutely. we established last episode, you're more of a side one guy with mm-hmm. the um, with the anthems, and then I like the quirky new wave um, fragility. Yeah, um, well, quirky is a good. That's a good descriptor uh, when you're talking about this song. It feels quirky. I mean, it's yeah. fun. You know, it's fun. It's very bouncy and very, uh, very enjoyable. Okay, let's move on to number nine, the one that screwed the pooch. Yeah, for Rob. Thank you, Car- thank you Carolyn <laughs> Kenny. <laughs> so, um, well, actually, before I reveal it, let's talk about. Carolyn Ketty okay. um, and her her list. Fantastic. Carolyn Ketty, she joined us for the Adam Ant uh, deep dive episode, which was a yeah. blast. That was a blast. She is a, um, uh, a longtime community radio DJ in the Bay Area for over 30 years. She's done a kind of a underground punk show. And so if you are fortunate enough to live in the Bay Area and are interested in catching it, it is Tuesdays from noon to 3. That's Pacific uh, Standard Time on KXSF. That's 102.5 FM uh, San Francisco Community Radio. Also, KXSF.FM. And the shows are, are archived at 
kxsf.fm slash carolyn and keddy.podmatic, that's p-o-d-o-m-a-t-i-c.com. So uh, I think uh, if you uh, if you live in the area like Zach does, um, and you you want to hear some good underground punk, you know, just a complete mix of '70s, '80s, all the way up to current releases, uh, this is the place to go to get it. Or, or sure. even if you if you don't live in the area, because you can listen to it online. Um, Absolutely. Actually, her, the stuff that she does on her show, I think Zach would really love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like sure. to know more. Yeah, she yeah. plays a wide range of stuff, Zach. It's 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 older stuff and newer newer punk. I mean, she's and yeah. she's got a wide wide uh, catalog of of knowledge and and music so i think you would really dig it awesome. yeah here is her list um a number of actually the the bottom two are albums that um she kind of stands alone as far as making her being her favorite albums so she is left to field for certain that's what we love about her so her number five favorite album of 1979 is The Germs, one and only LP called G.I. That's great. A favorite of yours, Rob, but didn't yeah. make your top ten? No, not quite. Her number four is Swell Maps, A Trip to Marineville. Wow. Very cool. Love me some Swell Maps. That's awesome. Number three for Carolyn Ketty is The Clash's um, album, London Calling. Sweet. Good choice. Number two is The Undertones' debut album, The Undertones. And her number one, the one that threw everything off for Rob, and our number nine album of 1979 is Metal Box by Public Image Limited. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is a good choice. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, Carolyn. We appreciate... <laughs> now, I'm not being sarcastic at all. Uh, we, ap- <laughs> we appreciate you submitting your list and uh, enjoy the fact that you are still active on our show, uh, you know, and, and participating. And we hope to have you on again at some point. I'm going to throw it over to you and Zach. Um, as far as picking a song off of this album, uh, any ideas? I think we should play No Birds off of this album.
I'm I'm just totally stoked that that Carolyn chose this album. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't on my list, and like I said, I listened to it more since we we did the recording, and um, it's it is a really cool album, and I like it. It's, I mean, I've always liked Public Image Limited, uh, but now we have a little more of an appreciation for this album. So, thank you, Carolyn. Hey, a real quick note. Uh, in the past, I have referred to the most successful uh, single off of this album being Death Disco. Just want to, for the record, correct that a little bit. So Death Disco was released as a single before this album was released, and it was very successful. And then there was a version of the song that was not quite identical, um, tweaked a little bit off on this album, but it was not called uh, Death Disco. It was called Swan Lake. So I was a little little sloppy um, in my references to that in the past. So just, um, you know, for the record, the album, the song is referred to as Swan Lake as it appears on Metal Box and the re-release called Second Edition. Nice. Moving on to our number eight. Um, and before I reveal it, let's talk about um, Mock Lobster, Rob. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I got to say, that was a bit of a spoiler. I have a feeling I know what the uh, number eight is. But mm. Mock Lobster is amazing, and I can't say enough about him. I've already turned a few of my friends on to them. And, um, yeah, these guys are awesome. And, yeah. you know, they can they continue to be um, active on our Instagram and our social media. Um, so I have a feeling that we are going to have kind of a long-running relationship with this band now, now after, you know, after having them on the show already once. Um, That's right. I hope, I hope they come back. So during that episode, we were joined by both Matt and Corbin. Uh, from Mock Lobster, and right. we we will be featuring both of their lists. Right now, I'm talking about Matt's list. So this is his top five, and his number one is our final number eight album of 1979. So number five for Matt of Mock Lobster is The Talking Heads with Fear of Music. Nice. Good choice. Number four is Gary Newman's The Pleasure Principle. Yeah, very nice. Number three is Elvis Costello in the Attractions with Armed Forces. Number two is the B-52's debut album. Ooh. So a little misdirect there. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I want to guess Play Loud. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. And his number one, and I, I have always liked a Matt a lot, but I like him even more for this. So his favorite album, at least punk and new or new wave album of 1979, is the excellent third release by Ecstasy called Drums and Wires. Ah, very cool. Way to go, Matt. Thank you. Yeah. Nice. So Zach, Ecstasy, are you a fan? I'm actually completely unfamiliar. I've, oh. I'm learning a lot right now. Oh, I am so jealous. I would love, <laughs> I would love to be in your shoes awesome. and discover ecstasy um, all over again. They are my all-time 
number two favorite new wave band. So, Holy hell! Okay. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is Drums and Wires. Um, this is an album that uh, got a lot of love from our audience, uh, and I am thrilled to be able to feature a song that we have not yet had an opportunity to listen to this is this is um uh, a bit of a a deep cut off of this album for sure um you know quite often when i rave and i have been accused of raving too much about ecstasy um but uh i i just don't see that ending anytime soon nah (laughs) but usually when i rave about ecstasy i'm talking about the songwriting so i thought it would be fun to feature a song off of this album where the songwriting there's nothing wrong with the songwriting the songwriting is just fine but um it is not um remarkable in the way that that so many of ecstasy's um songs are but even so it's an excellent song this is where the appeal is really in the execution and the instrumentation and the arrangements there there's just there are so many like interweaving musical motifs that are kind of put put me into a bit of a trance when I listen to this song. This is one of those songs I love. I don't care what it's about. I hardly pay attention to lyrics. It's just a it's just a great sounding kind of weird, spooky concoction that they that they put together. So let's go ahead and celebrate the fact that Ecstasy's Drums and Wires is the number eight on our top ten list with a song called Millions. We heard your flags and your banners clapping. We felt the air from your hands all clapping time. Fantastic. I look forward to getting deeper into that. That is a righteous track off of what I'm sure is a fantastic album. I actually really think that uh, Zach would be into this, and I, I, I thought so as soon as you mentioned it. Uh, it. It strikes me as a bit odd that he's never heard of Ecstasy, but uh, Zach, I gotta say, this if this track that we just played steers you in the right direction you should totally listen to the rest of the i stuff, i yeah. will i guarantee you yeah. i will that that was phenomenal now jo- joseph you talked about how this song it doesn't really matter about the lyrics um and i i have to agree with you the vocals though in their own way are are like 
an instrument, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they're definitely tortured. part of this. Yeah, <laughs> they're definitely part of the sound. Yeah, yeah. Um, so good. Although I will say, as as the last time I listened to it, um, as I was going through it, knowing that this would be my pick, uh, I went, you know, I think I would like this just as much if it was just an instrumental. Yes. Very cool, man. So ecstasy's drums and wires, uh, clinching the number eight spot on our final top ten for '79. Number seven. I guess there's no preamble needed here. Is um, three imaginary boys by The Cure. Nice. Rob, you you have got to be thrilled to see I, this. Yeah, you know, especially since. Um, you know, they, they placed, unfortunately, this album placed a bit low on my list and, you know, Cure is one of my favorite bands ever. So, um, I'm really glad to see it where it's at. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful and very, (laughs) very happy that a lot of our listeners, uh, in some cases have better taste than I do. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm glad that it's, that it's here. All right. Well, I'm going to throw this to you for a song. Rob, I'm Sweet. sure that um, you will be able to come up with one. Oh, easy enough. Let's listen to Subway Song. Midnight in the subway, she's on her way home. She tries hard not to run, but she feels she's not alone. Echoes of footsteps follow close behind, but she dare not turn around. a dark um stalkery type song it sounds like it's kind of right up your alley uh Rob. Well, i mean minus the stalker i'm not a stalker <laughs> but but i do like a dark and moody sound you, you revel in the creepy my friend <laughs> that's right you yeah. know i do yeah absolutely <laughs> so zach it sounds like this is an album that you are familiar with i've i've, I've given it a listen a few couple times in the past but i'm, I'm not as familiar as uh, rob is mm-hmm are you a big uh, Cure fan in general? Uh, not not in general. I do like I do like their more experimental, their darker stuff, as opposed to uh-huh. uh, whatever I hear on the radio. Right. Again, I I want to thank all the listeners, you know, on behalf of the Cure, <laughs> for, for bringing this album to the top ten. Now, what a great what a great album, and uh, we're gonna listen to more Cure in the future and. I I am just excited thinking about it, just just stoked about it. So, yeah, more cure. That's an understatement. There's going to be <laughs> so much cure. There's going to be so much <laughs> rampant in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. I I I like me some cure, but I got to tell you, I'm I feel a little exhausted just thinking about how much cure <laughs> we're going to be listening to <laughs> moving forward. Okay, so that puts us at number six, the sixth uh, best album of 1979, according to our community, is an album 
that Zach, you mentioned as being one of your favorites from Ooh. the year, and that is um, Gang of Four with Entertainment. Yay! Yes, one of the albums I get the most excited about um, talking about from this season. Uh, I was just just a huge fan of this album. So, so very good. Yeah, I adore it. I've adored it since high school. It's 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 uh, my bread and butter. Any any people I turn on to Gang of Four immediately fall in love with this album. Yeah, yeah. And Rob, you like but don't love it? Yeah, I mean, I, I do enjoy the album. Um, it didn't make my list. In fact, I don't think it even made my uh, honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you were to ask me three years from now if it would make my top ten list for 1979, that may change. I mean, more exposure I get, the you know, I kind of absorb what I listen to and, and let it grow on me. So, um but you know, yeah, it didn't it didn't make my list this year because uh, I'm just crazy about so much music this year. It, it was, I don't know, it was a hard year for me as far as choosing my favorites. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so the song I picked to feature off of this album to celebrate the fact that it hit the number six slot is a song called "Return the Gift." Awesome. It's it's pretty cool, man. This is definitely one of the songs again that's setting the stage for for the future of new wave and and you know it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, and I look forward to hearing more Gang of Four, you know, coming up. Yeah. Um, Honestly, this album is mm-hmm. like when it comes to picking songs, it's like close your eyes and pick. I, I'm yeah. I'm yeah. happy with just about any of them each track um, is yeah it's yeah. it's a testament to itself yeah it's awesome yeah. no bad tracks on this album okay let's move on to number five so we are halfway through the list uh, yeah. before i reveal what number five is let's um revisit mock lobster so of course as i as i threatened we have two different lists from um members of uh, Mock Lobster. So Corbin, of course, he is the Fred in Mock Lobster and um, just a a super good guy, very funny, very energetic. I just, I can't imagine somebody better suited to to take the role of Fred Schneider of the B-52s than Corbin. Seriously, Corbin is Fred Schneider. I I don't know how he does it. I'm still, I'm still in awe of this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you want to see and hear him in action, as um, 
uh, Fred of the B-52s performing with Mock Lobster. Yeah. And you happen to be in uh, San Antonio in um, April uh, on the 8th. You can go to Sam's Burger Joint, which is where they will be performing. And also, if you are in Austin on the 16th of April, you can go to the Far Out Lounge to catch them. Um, I am waiting for the day that they tour California. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Corbin's list. Yeah. So um, I'm going to reveal his list and um, and then I will reveal the number five album for the year. So his fifth favorite punk or new wave album of 1979 is the debut album by The Specials. Nice. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Number four is Drums and Wires by Ecstasy. Very good. Number three is Regatta de Blanc by The Police. Fantastic choice. Number two is Joy Division's Unknown Pleasures. Amazing, yes. And uh, guess what his number one is? B-52s? <laughs> you got it. <laughs> so, one of these albums is the number five for Best of the Year on this list, and that is Regatta de Blanc by The Police. Ah, all right. Well, very good I got to say, so Regatta de Blanc, I think, was the big upset when it came to revealing my list mm -hmm. um, because I, there, there are so much good, there's so many good albums this year. Yeah. Um, and after listening to all of them together, uh, trying to decide what my number one was, I figured that Regatta de Blanc was the one that kind of put me in a zen place. It kind of put me in a mm -hmm. real happy spot. Mm -hmm. Um and I am not disappointed at all to hear that it's at number five because that's no small feat. This is my favorite Police album. So um, I I agree that it should be this high. I just didn't think that many other people agreed with me. So ah. very, very happy to see it. So, Rob, I'm going to throw this over to you. You... Um, you certainly have many, many songs that you love off of this album. Which mm -hmm. one should should we feature tonight to celebrate it um, making number five? Uh, let's listen to Does Everyone Stare. I changed my clothes ten times before I took you on a date. I'm in a cold sweat. My panic makes me look. I know you never meant for this. I know my shots will always miss.
kind of a little bit of an anomaly of a song off this album. You know, a little quirkier, a little bit sparser. Uh, doesn't doesn't have like as much of a groove as a lot of the other songs, but but one that is always kind of stood out like a like a stand out track yeah. off of this album maybe because it's a little bit different than a lot of the other stuff well that's that's for sure it definitely stands out and uh and that's actually that's the the i really like that about it i mean i think the whole album's pretty great um there is a lot of the album that sounds kind of similar mm -hmm. so when you get that that one uh that one song that kind of stands out like that it's it's a real treat so, hey, hey, Zach, um, have we talked to you about the police? Are you, are you a fan at all, or do yeah, you? Yeah, I, I dabble yeah. with the police. I don't, I'm not, nice. I don't really screw around with the the radio hits, but their darker stuff, I'm, I'm definitely in tune with. Right. On. But this track that we're we're referencing right now, um, I don't know. Right off the bat, does not sound like the police. Sounds like, uh, I don't know, Sid Barrett trying to do something like Randy Newman. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> and then it's, at some point it shifts and it becomes instantly recognizable that oh yeah, this is the police. Yeah. So that is the number five spot for the top ten of seventy nine. Moving on to number four, my favorite album of the year, and Rob's number two, which is Talking oh. Heads yes. with Fear of Music. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah, this is this is one for the ages for sure. There's no doubt about it. Now I re I remember when we talked to Pete, this was an album that he also referenced, and um, I think he may have even referenced at the time that that he felt like Zach was a fan of this album, um, which Zach already I guess confirmed <laughs> at the beginning. Rob, you never know. Woohoo can mean different yeah. things to different people. Oh no no no! I'm I'm definitely a big fan of this album. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're absolutely right, though. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's not true. I guess woohoo really only means one thing. <laughs> Fear of Music is just one of those albums where each and every track is has a life of its own, and um, uh, I it, and each individual track is a reason to fall in love with the album. Absolutely, one of those again another album where you can just close your eyes and pick a song and just. Oh, you're gonna have a good time. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So my pick to celebrate um, the fact that it makes the number four slot is a song called Air. <laughs> What can I say about this song other than it's the Talking Heads, man? What a great album. What a great song. Um, it, it, there's one thing that, that's just always 
actually there's so many things that's always good about the talking heads <laughs> but the drums in this are just they're fun the whole song is bouncy and and at the same time dark I don't know. so yeah, dark oh it gets under your skin and it makes <laughs> it's, it crawl it's a demonic um, <laughs> carnival of a song oh my god i love it i love it such a great song such a great song yeah. thanks joseph yeah. <laughs> we we have spent so much time um this season talking about this album uh we I, it sounds like all three of us are the biggest fans oh, God. Of, of talking yeah, heads in general an understatement. and this album in port particular so zach since since we got you here um mm. it, it would as far as the talking heads catalog is this toward the top of it's, it's pretty close to the top in fact depending on my mood it's competing with um remain in light for top tier talking Aha. heads album yeah depending Excellent. on my mood yeah yeah Okay, let's move on to number three. We are just powering through these. Um, yeah. Only got three slots to go before we reveal what the um, album is that uh, has the honor. Uh, let's talk about our buddy Will Westerkow. Um, nice. Will, of course, is the host of the podcast, This Is Modern Rock. Yeah. And a guest on this podcast multiple times. Uh, of course, he first joined us to celebrate the catalog of the Buzzcocks. He is a huge Buzzcocks fan. Um, and that was last season. And then this mm -hmm. season, he uh, we spent a couple of episodes chatting with him about uh, what was going on in the music scene like where our podcast ends and his podcast begins so the uh 1987-88 period which was a lot of fun um, yeah yeah seriously if i could uh, you know what it was one of my favorite episodes to record mm -hmm. and not necessarily just because of the music i mean that was all fun too because it's music that neither his podcast nor our podcast will touch uh only because of the time yeah you know, the era yeah but but having him on and his connection to the music um, you know, post 1986, uh, with our connection to it, uh, between 76 and 86, it was, it was a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. So here is his list and his number one favorite album of, uh, at least for punk and new wave of 79 is our number three for the final list. So his fifth favorite album is uh, Elvis Costello and the Attractions with Armed Forces. Number four is Gang of Four's Entertainment. Nice, very good. Number three is The Clash's London Calling. Wonderful. Number two is the third album by the Buzzcocks called A Different Kind of Tension. And his number one and our final number three is the B-52's debut album, the B-52's. Ah, so there good. it is. Yes, finally. <laughs> Fantastic. Good choice, Will, because now it's a party. So we, of course, are going to listen to a song off of this. There are a couple of songs that we have not yet featured, believe it or not. I, I, okay. Um, 
I have to say, I can only think of one that we haven't featured, and I hope it's not that one. It's not downtown. Okay, that thank God. That is never going to so, happen. <laughs> uh, I love the B-52s. I love this album. I do not love that song. But, um, yeah, so what is it? I'm excited. Well, um, you know, putting the cover tune aside, because, uh-huh. you know, that's what I do most of the time really just left us with two different choices as far as songs that we have not featured. Uh, we, are, we are just, we are gluttons for the B-52, so obviously we yeah. jumped at every opportunity to, oh, yes. to feature their music. Uh, still, uh, still two great options, and so I picked a song that, that I like enough. It's on my permanent playlist for favorite um you know, 70s and 80s uh, music. And that is a song called There is a Moon in the Sky Called the Moon. Nice. There's a moon in the sky can I say about this song other than it's the B-52s? <laughs> you know, it's got that B-52 sound, man, and and it's pretty fun. You know what I've noticed about the B-52s? They like to have fun. They do. Have, have you ever noticed that? Oh, yes. They're nothing but fun. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Zach, you sound like you appreciate the B-52s. I do. I do. I like I like that they're, they're just there to have a good time. Um, yeah. That's really the, what it boils down to. I like that they're self-aware. I like that they can make badass music that's making fun of itself yes. as it's happening. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, it doesn't take itself seriously. It's uh, it's just meant to have a good time. Just one for the ages. This was my number two. And Rob, you you disgracefully low for you. I think number six, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, again, I think it comes to the fact that there's just there was so much that I enjoyed so much that I love, you know, so many fantastic albums. I mean, there were albums on my, there were albums that I wanted to be on my top 10, that I wanted to be on my top five and then just got pushed off, you know? Um, I mean, Iggy Pop made my number nine and you, you would think that he'd be yeah, man. a lot closer to number one. New values. I'm, I'm sad to not see that on this list. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. Fan, yeah. Fantastic, uh, fantastic album. At any rate, yeah, I still love the B-52s, and in my house, it's always a party. So. Just two more to go. Two Here more go. to go. I think, I think probably if you sat down and thought about it, you you could pretty accurately guess what's coming up next. Uh, if maybe not the order, but the I album. Have a good feeling. Yeah. I have a big yeah. <laughs> okay, so number two, um, second. All-time favorite album of 1979, according to the Deep Dive community, 
is uh, Unknown Pleasures by Joy Division. Rob, this Please. has got to make you happy. Oh, it makes me so happy. You have no idea. Yeah. Um, again, this is one of those albums that I was sad that it only made my number five. <laughs> um, but I, I have grown up loving this album and loving this band. This is Unknown Pleasures from the Joy, Di Joy Division. I am just stoked. So mm -hmm. everybody... Mm -hmm. You you have you have made me happy. Thank you. <laughs> this has always been a bit of a divisive um, album, and I think that's reflected on the list that we've gotten on. In mm -hmm. so, it is if it showed up on the list at all, it was towards the top of the list, or it wasn't on the list. Period. Uh, so you either love it or you don't really care for it that much i'm kind of i'm kind of um in the middle i i'm this is not i don't think i have any joy division songs thrown onto my permanent um playlist for um punk and new wave so i i guess i kind of fall into the not a huge fan but i do appreciate it and rob i want to um uh, have you helped pick out the song? I'm going to give you a choice of two songs. And oh, then, okay. 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 So I, I would like to hear either Interzone or Shadow Play. Do you have a preference? Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, they're both great songs, but if I were to pick one right now, I would have to say Shadow Play. Shadow Play. In the Shadow Play, acting out your own This is one of those songs that kind of formed um, my my appreciation for like a dark sound, mm -hmm. you know. And Joy Division is definitely one of those bands that that uh, I don't know. It it, it 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 kind of created that that vibe in me, that thing that I I don't know. I don't know what to call it other than you know it it, it set a foundation. It did. Yeah, it set a foundation for for all the dark music that I like, all the, I mean, even the, the films and the, the literature that I enjoy, you know, um, it, it comes from, it comes from these guys. And, uh, so, and this song in particular is, is one of my favorites off the album. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's all the choice. Fantastic album. And I'm so stoked. It's where it's at, man. These, our listeners are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, only one one more to go. This is Ooh. this is an absolute no brainer. I yeah. can't imagine that, <laughs> think so that there's anybody out there who doesn't see this one coming. Yeah. But um, I am going to extend the complete non suspense for a little bit uh, and talk about um, 
uh, multiple uh, guest of ours, uh, Michael Gricko. He, um, of course, is renowned photographer and um, the author of the excellent book, Punk, Post-Punk, New Wave, On Stage, Backstage, In Your Face, 1978 oh, yeah. to yeah. 1991. Uh, this, of course, is a book that you can pick up if you go to Amazon or preferably to your Yay. local bookstore. If you... Gallery Bookshop in Mendocino. Screw that Amazon. Yeah. 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 Um... <laughs> so you you always have it in stock or try to and, and usually have it prominently displayed. So It is prominently displayed and it is autographed by michael himself and um it's it's a beautiful book with beautiful photography and i mean this is a freaking this is a, a punk this is a punk book i mean this the the photography is gritty and grimy and this is the stuff that only a guy who's like in the trenches can get you know so it's a fantastic book amazing so we are we are always happy to hear from our friend michael he submitted his list um he couldn't whittle it down to five so he submitted six and um, not in any particular order. So I am just going to read all five, all six of these albums off of his list. See if you can guess what the number one album is uh, for okay. 1979. So The Buzzcocks, A Different Kind of Tension. The Clash is London Calling. Gang of Four with Entertainment. Joy Division with Unknown Pleasures, Magazine with a Secondhand dead, uh, Daylight, and Public Image Limited with Metal Box. Okay. Can I just make a wild guess? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to say Clash is London Calling. Wow. <laughs> You're amazing, Rob. <laughs> you know, I do this. It's no surprise. I mean, I, I am here. And, uh, <laughs> I am actually alive and breathing. So, yeah. <laughs> you, are, you are a seasoned, grizzled professional. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. The Clash's London Calling was number one. It was my prediction all along. Yeah, there was fantastic. no doubt in my mind. Duh. Yeah. Of course. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest, period, yeah. in any year. Yeah. Yeah. So, Rob, um, well, I'm going to give you a choice of three songs, and uh, you and um, Zach can huddle and decide which of the three you want to feature to celebrate uh, the fact that London Calling is, duh, the number one yeah. album of 1979. <laughs> okay, well, okay here we what go. Are your, what are your choices? Yeah. Once again, ton of songs that we've heard off of this album, but just off of an album with 19 songs. So still a lot of excellent music to pick from. I've whittled it down to three. Mm. So we can listen to either Spanish Bombs. Okay. I'm Not Down or Revolution Rock. Mm. We haven't heard Revolution Rock or we, Spanish Bombs. I'm we have not. Okay. What do you think, Zach? I'm gonna have to go with Spanish Bombs. Let's do it. Yeah. Spanish Bombs. Yeah. Spanish songs in Andalusia. 
shooting sights in the days of 39. Oh, please leave the Vendana open, Frederico Locker, dead and gone. Bullet holes in the cemetery wall, the black car, the Johnny of the beer. Spanish bombs on the Costa Rica, I'm dying in on the DC 10 tonight. Spanish bombs, you got the Kiro Infinito. The subject that comes up every time, inevitably, when we talk about this album is the Mick Jones energy versus the Joe Strummer. Right. Uh, and what I particularly like about this song is this is, you got both going yeah. on in oh, this yeah. song. Equal parts, not, equal levels. Yeah, absolutely. Both working in harmony, just a, just a perfect example of, of the, the, in one spot, you can see the contribution uh, creatively that, that both, both of these sort of visionary, revolutionary musical minds um, have to contribute when they're, when they are like perfectly simpatico, just a, just a great exhibit A for why this album deserves to be in the number one slot. Now, now I agree with you on that, that this, this is a good example of why. Um, Going back to the Joe Strummer energy and the, uh, um, if we were to look at the two of them, um, I mean, we listen to these songs, and you could pick out, oh, this is Joe's song, this is Joe's song, this is, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it's, it's like Beatles it's, versus, you know, Lennon versus right. McCartney. You, you know the Paul McCartney versus the, the John Lennon songs. Um, and, and this one does kind of blend the two so well mm-hmm. that it's hard, almost hard to say who's, who's which, is it a Mick Jones song or is it a, mm, joint effort. Is it a Joe Strummer song? Yeah. Um, it's, it's. A Clash song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, what a fantastic choice. What a fantastic album. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it places really high on my list, for sure. This is this is my number three. So, uh, pretty, pretty jazzed to hear it right now. Yeah. Um, didn't make my top ten list just because uh, not a big fan of double albums. Mm. Um, I, I can't think, well, actually, I can think of one double album that might make my final year, end of year list uh, yeah. down the road, which is, happens to be by a little band called Ecstasy, but we will just <laughs> see. Um, I thought you were going to say Disco Duck's premiere album, but um, Ecstasy, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. <laughs> So that is the final top 10. In um, a couple of minutes, we will recap that. But first, let's just let's look at this list um, a little closer. So I, I just I've spent the last couple of weeks just pouring over these lists and, um, you know, uh, what what does this reveal about this music and about our audience? Um, some pretty interesting things. Uh, first of all, we, of the top 10, I have 
identified three albums as being like what I refer to as always a bridesmaid, never the bride, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the sense that um, they made a lot of lists but did not make anyone's top number one slot. So the three albums that are liked by a lot of people but not absolutely loved um, by anyone apparently is um, Gang of Four's Entertainment, The Cure's Three Imaginary Boys, and Candio by The Cars. Yeah, Mm -hmm. wow. I don't think it'll surprise anybody to hear that um, The Clash and Joy Division showed up on the most lists. You know, it's it's interesting to think about that, too, because, uh, you know, at some point, if you were to have asked me, what do you think your top two favorite albums of 1979 are, I would have said London Calling and uh, Unknown Pleasures. So it's, I mean, it's interesting. It's fascinating. Uh, two brilliant albums, two brilliant bands. Really For good my personal top ten list, and this happens every year, I, I guess just because my tastes are a little bit different than everybody else's um there's always an album or two that um are that make my top 10 and do not make anybody else's list i'm just like these are albums and i'm like out in a field a lonely field by myself completely alone mm-hmm. um Last year, the most notable one was uh, Lene Lovich's debut album. This year, no love for um, um, Bill Nelson's Red Red Noise, which I was kind of expecting. A little bit yeah. more surprising was um, the Slits album cut did not show up on anybody's top ten list, which which I think is a crying shame. Yeah, and and it is a big surprise. Yeah, huh. it's downright shocking, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's such a good album, and I I have I have no sense of is that because just it's too obscure and not enough people are aware of it, or or it just doesn't resonate with people. I mean, the Raincoats made a list oh. or two. That's um, weird. Uh, okay. And That's... the slits didn't, which is baffling to That's me. That's downright uh, bizarre. Yeah. 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 Well, I I got to hear that the germs were on a list. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they didn't make my list, but I wanted them to for a while. I was hoping that they would. So, um, but you know, stranger things have happened. So, uh, that's fantastic, though. I mean. Just everybody getting together, all of our listeners getting together, our past guests getting together and compiling their top lists. Um, it has been a fun experience and it is, mm-hmm. it really is the thing that we build up to every season, yeah. you know? And so it's, it, it's fun hearing what makes it and what, what doesn't make it even. Yeah. Well, okay. Perfect segue. Let's, let's talk about that. So, Obviously, a ton of really good albums that got a lot of love, but just not quite enough uh, to make the top 10. So I'm just going to go ahead and just go down the list. So this is in descending order. Um, uh, As we already know, the specials um, are runner-up in the number 11 slot, but I'm just going to go... 
go down in descending order. So um, number 12 on this list was um, is the Buzzcocks with a different kind of tension. Wow. Then the Pretenders debut album, The Pretenders. Elvis Costello and the Attractions with Armed Forces. My Boy's Wire with 154. Yeah, great album. Blondie's Eat to the Beat. Joe Jackson's A Look Sharp. So Joe Jackson's Look Sharp came out strong. It was like in the number four slot for about wow. a week. That's that's interesting. The Jam Setting Sun. This was an album both of us thought would make the top ten and yeah. did not. Yeah. Um, Tubeway Army's Replicas. Uh, magazine's Second Hand Daylight, um, which was a surprise to me that it showed up on... Um, four different lists uh, not uh, one that I considered quite a disappointment on coming yeah. off of their first album The Undertones already spoke about them uh, Machine Gun Etiquette by The Damned Gary Newman's Pleasure Principle much lower than I am. that was shocking that was the yeah that was yeah. one of the most shocking moments of the evening actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> surprised me yeah for sure Boomtown Rats, Fine Art of Surfacing, made a couple of lists, which is great to see. Um, Susan the Banshees, Join Hands, very, oh, yes. very low. That's odd. Yeah. Um, well, and that's that's a place where I, I also feel sad because, uh, you know, that one bounced around my, my top five for a while mm -hmm. um, before actually just being booted off completely. Yeah. So. <laughs> The the falls live at the witch yep, trials. Live at the witch trials. Not to mention Dragnet as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are those are definitely in my top ten. At least one yeah. of them was Dragnet. David Bowie's The Lodger. Uh, Devo's Duty Now for the Future. Wow, yeah. One that just fell short of my personal top ten. The Stranglers, The Raven, showing up on a number of lists, which was um, excellent to see. Yeah. Uh -huh. I'm a big, big fan of that, that album. Uh -huh. Squeezes, Cool for Cats. And then the next two albums only showed up on one list each, but as the number one. Ooh. So uh, Japan's Quiet Life. Yeah. 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 <laughs> What a cool album! Too. Yeah, that's a great album. I love that. So album. Good. good, so good. And then um, Angelic Upstarts with Teenage Warning. I like them quite a bit. Yeah. Roxy Music's Manifesto mm -hmm. um, showed up on a couple of lists. Stiff Little Fingers, Adam Ants. Uh, at excuse me, Adam and the Ants with Dirk Wears White Socks. Mm -hmm. Fashion Product Perfect showed up on a couple of lists, which was. A delight to see. Love that album. Um, Graham Parker in the Rumor with Squeezing Out Sparks. Tom Robinson Band with their second and final release, TRB2. Nice. Mm -hmm. um, the Dickies, Dawn of the yeah, Dickies. That was, yeah, yep. very good. Uh, yeah, that's a classic. Madness um, actually showed up on four different lists, but just very, very low um, on all of the lists. Um, so there are a number of people who appreciate that album. Cabaret Voltaire showed up on a list. That mm -hmm. was fun to see. 
the members at the Chelsea Nightclub. Swell Maps, uh, thanks Yay. to Carolyn Keddy. Yeah. Uh, Human League Reproduction, mm. The Germs GI. Uh, once again, um, Carolyn Keddy leaving her mark. The Slits Cut, that's mm-hmm. me. <laughs> <laughs> Iggy Pop's New Values. <laughs> uh, throbbing Gristles with 20 Jazz Funk Greats. We knew there was someone out there, didn't we, Rob? Yeah, <laughs> now, that's cool. <laughs> Yes. Interesting. That's cool. Guess, I'm yeah. I'm really happy to hear this. Yeah. Somebody put Throbbing Gristle on there. Yeah. I yeah. called them a punk Very. band, yeah. Yeah. Um, Patty Smith Group with Wave. Uh, Bill Nelson's Red Noise. That's me again. Mm-hmm. The Raincoats. Yay. Um, skids with Scared to Dance. Uh, no Love for their second album, which I think mm. both R- Rob, you, you and I preferred a little bit more. Um, Joe Jackson's yeah. I'm the Man, uh, that both of his albums showed up on one person's top ten list. The Fabulous Poodles with Think Pink. Cowboy International. Okay, so the the next four albums showed up as number ten on one list each. So oh. Cowboy International with Original Sin. Niccolo with Labor of Love, Marianne Faithful with Broken English, and Patrick Fitzgerald with Grubble's Grubby Stories. Interesting. Oh, I'm so glad somebody picked Patrick Fitzgerald. Yeah. Niccolo, I could do without, but Patrick <laughs> Fitzgerald, man, that guy, he deserves more love than he gets. And I got to say, I'm partly guilty of that. <laughs> uh, I love his stuff, but he didn't make my top 10 at all. Yeah. And... Yeah. So almost exactly half of all of the albums we've identified as relevant new wave or punk albums Mm -hmm. from 1979 showed up on somebody's list. Um, Some of the more notable albums that didn't make anybody's list, uh, No Love for the Tourists, I guess that's not quite a surprise. You have, Rob, you have singled out um, the Adverts' uh, second album, Cast of Thousands, that was Mm -hmm. uh, left out in the cold. Crass, I was certain, I was pretty certain that it was going to show up on somebody's list. Um, but no, no love for crass. Hmm. And um, Generation X, nothing there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was half expecting uh, Gina X performance. Both yeah. you and I are fans of this album, Rob. It's it's kind of a a, a particularly for that period of time um, a pretty singular album. So I sort of thought it would appeal to somebody's kind of odd quirkiness, but no. Um, The Knack, one of the very first new wave post-punk album uh, songs to make it big here in the United States. Um, With Get the Knack, of course, my Sharona was on that. Of course. No no love for that. Um, M... uh, same thing with um, M's um, pop music. No, nothing. Mekons, that's a bit of a surprise. And um, pop group, I thought for sure there was some yeah. oddball out there. That, that would have been 
Yeah. That would have been great. Yeah, I love the pop group. Very very much in the same vein as Swell Maps. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ruts, Sham 69, Simple Minds, neither of their albums. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, Sham 69. Yeah. Sparks, um, number one in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Split ends. Mm-hmm. We didn't. We didn't really think that the surf punks were were gonna make anyone's yeah. list, but so so no Jimmy and the Boys, huh? No, no, no Jimmy and the Boys. <laughs> That's too bad. No Wayne County and the Electric Chairs. Sorry, yeah, Rob. Yeah, yeah, but but Nick Lowe was on somebody's list. Well, uh, <laughs> but he he is he is iconic. Um, he is iconic. It's true. He's an iconic guy. Um, there's there's another album that I'm shocked uh, didn't get any love whatsoever, which is uh, Door Door by. The Boys Next Door, which yeah. is yeah. the precursor to uh, the birthday party. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's it, Rob. The yeah. final top ten list for 1979. Quite a list. And can you believe it's the end of the season? Can you believe that we wrapped uh, this this season already? Yeah. I mean, it. Ah, wow! It's been a lot of fun. Well, this this is actually our longest season. Yeah. Ever, yeah. Um, we've gone uh, a full year, yeah, yeah. For uh, so a full year dedicated to 1979. Hey, let's just recap that list once again. So, um, the final list for 1979. Number ten is the Cars' second album, Candio. Number nine, Public Image Limited's Metal Box, also known as Second Edition. Number eight, Ecstasy's Drums and Wires. Number seven is The Cure with Three Imaginary Boys. Number six is Gang of Four with Entertainment. Number five, The Police's Regetta de Blanc. Number four, Talking Heads with Fear of Music. Number three, B-52s with their debut eponymously titled album. Joy Division uh, makes the number two slot with Unknown Pleasures. And then, duh, number one is The Clash's London Calling. I couldn't be happier to have my list so wrong. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this list is pretty solid. It's mm-hmm. a pretty great list, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. And it all comes from some amazing people listening to this little podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for participating. It's been a pleasure. Wow. The very next episode that we release, our first bonus episode during our break, is going to be the favorite songs of 1979. Many, many of Mm. our um, audience who have submitted their lists included their favorite song. There are, it's going to be a great episode. It is not too late for you to submit your choice. Uh, we, of course, are looking for really punk, post-punk, new wave songs, but we're opening it all up. It doesn't have to be off of a studio album. It can be a live. It can be a B-side. It can be a single. It can be a reissue. We're just, you know, if you can halfway rationalize that it's a part of 1979, we will include it because why the fuck not? Yeah, Absolutely. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that. That is going to be released sometime in March. 
and um, it is not too late to submit your um, ideas for your favorite song. Right on. So stoked. <laughs> well, Rob, we made it. Yay. Yay. I'm so This was great, man. I, I really love this. I love this year as far as mm -hmm. music's concerned. Amazing. Thus, season three of Deep Dives and Deep Cuts, the history of punk, post-punk, and new wave, 1976 to 1986, comes to an end. It's been a long road, Rob. I'm yeah. very tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same here. Same here. A long, a long but enjoyable road. Yes. Again, uh, I've had a lot of fun and uh, kind of sad it's ending. At the same time, I it's not over yet. So, <laughs> so we, there's a lot of there's still a lot for us to do. So, Zach, as our honored guest, um, I um, I would love it if you would pick a song for us to go out on um, something that maybe um, didn't get much love this episode but uh, feel you feel uh, deserves a, to be singled wow. out let's do uh, off of the album Dragnet by The Fall let's do the track Your Heart Out excellent Nice, we've, great um, we've heard it before, but we oh. um, let's hear it again. It is, Absolutely. it is definitely worth a second listen. So, Zach, it was a pleasure. The pleasure is all mine, guys. Thanks again, my brother, for being on the uh, show. Thank you for and, the invite. Uh, again. My dear friend, yeah. Rob. Awesome. Joseph, wonderful yeah. to connect with you again after all these years, after all these decades. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, everybody, keep your eye open next month. It is going to be a Rob. Let's shoot for, um, let's let's push the envelope as much as possible with the next episode. I I let's try and have the mo the highest music to talking episode we've ever done. My okay. my goal is to to jam 30 songs into next mm. month's episode where we talk about favorite songs of 1979. So everybody keep your eye open for that. It's going to come out sometime next month whenever we just get up off our fat lazy butts and right. um, get it together. <laughs> but um, in March sometime. So keep your eye open for that. Until then, everybody have an excellent spring. See ya. Bye, Bob. Just take, for instance, a time of great depression, made out of reason, bad times in season. Don't shut your heart out. Don't cry your eyes out. Don't shut your heart out.